I think we should cut in to the screen. What's the message they start all their shows with? Do not attempt this at home. These are mm-hmm. real bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. It's us, right? Don't attempt this yeah. at home. We're professionals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What's up, everybody? Yeah. Welcome back to the rumor mill. I'm Spencer. And I'm Abby. It's been a while since I've had you on with me to do one of our celebrity interviews. I know, I know. I feel like I've missed, you know, my special backgrounds. You look like oh. one of the crew. Oh my god, yeah, I know. You look like a Chapman, just oh you sitting god. back there. <laughs> I, I swear. We have a very special guest today. Someone who is very near and dear to us and our childhood and our the beginning of our reality TV obsession. She was part of like one of the first really successful reality shows. I think that's, I think that's perfect to say the beginning of our reality TV show obsession yeah, was, right? was Dog this. the Bounty Hunter. Was Dog the Bounty Hunter. Everybody, please welcome to the podcast all the way from Hawaii, baby Lisa Chapman. Hi. It's baby Lisa. Do you know how long that we've watched you on TV? How long? Since you were born, because yeah. I was old. Oh, I was God. four years old. I was a little older. I was probably like 11 or 12. Oh. We're both 21 now. So, uh-huh. what is that like 60, 18 years? 17 so years. you guys are the same age as my daughter. My daughter is 21. My Abby, I have a daughter named Abby. She's with the yeah. IE though. She yeah. just turned 21 on June 11th, and I took her to Vegas with her boyfriend oh. to celebrate. Spencer I love and I Vegas. Vegas a couple years back it was the first experience ever yeah so sweet we love Vegas we went to Vegas a a long time time ago it's a good but see we haven't been since we've turned 21 so we couldn't drink or gamble yeah so I don't drink but Abby had a couple drinks like I got her one of those big frozen things and it was so funny we were standing in front of the Statue of Liberty and she we're I'm like Abby turn around let me get your picture and she turns around and she goes where the hell did that come from and I'm like um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were going to it that's why we came to the spot it's mm-hmm. been there it's huge and I was like give me that thing and I gave it to her boyfriend I was like take this away <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. well thank you for but being yeah, here with us time. thank you yeah yes, of it's, course. it's a it's a good it's a good time in Vegas I would go to Vegas back in a heartbeat but there's nowhere else I'd rather be right now than here because this month is the 19th anniversary of the premiere of Dog the Bounty Hunter it was all the way back in 2004 that's crazy. Uh, that's, I, it's when we first met your family was, I mean, it's 20, it'll be 20 years next year. It's 19 years this month. So think back of like the last 20 years of, you know, you were a bounty hunter. Now you're running your own business and how your life has changed. How would you say your life has changed in the last two decades since we met you? I mean, so enormously when I did the show, I was, I think the first time I was on, I was 17 or 18. I had just turned 18. And then we wrapped the show around the time I was in my mid twenties. So I think that's something that's really funny. People are always like, you look so different. You've had all this plastic surgery and you've done all this stuff. And I'm like, no, dude, I was 18. Like (laughs) I have grown up since then. Yeah. You were were a child. you were yeah, our age. I was. I was young. I was very young. But it was I was kind of raised in that lifestyle. Like my dad was always famous in his head. But yeah, yeah it's incredible to see how much change has happened. And then just like an enormous amount of change since Beth has passed. Like honestly, that's like the biggest amount of change. Honestly, it was like 
before Beth, like AD, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's like a huge mark in history and time. Yeah. It was that, was that, what do they do? BC and AD? Yeah. Yeah. And BB and AD. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I count time. (laughs) Spencer, yeah. Spencer, when he found out, when we both found out, um, you were on, you were on vacation. I was on vacation and I, I, we had, we were watching the new show that they had, you know what, actually this was, no, this, the new show that Dogs Most Wanted was after, I think it premiered after she passed away and (laughs) they had, they were filming and they had finished filming it. And I remember I was on vacation. I was in Arizona and I, I was in the hotel and like every day I would go on Google and I would Google her name and I'd be like, I don't want to see, like, don't, I don't want it to be the day that like, there's the headline. Yeah. And I, I opened the headline. It was like Perez Hilton or something that was like, there's the headline of like, oh my God, 51 years old. And she passed away, which might yeah. sound weird. Cause like, I didn't know her, but like, I watched her for so many years that like, yeah, I, I knew we knew her and I texted Abby and that was a bad day. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Beth was like one of those people who didn't get very much sleep. Like she would go to sleep at midnight and she would get up at like 5am. Like she never took naps. If she took a nap, she was sick and she never got sick. Like she very rarely got sick. Like once every five years or something that would take it took a lot to take that woman down and so she would get up to climb Cocoa Head at 5 30 and I went with her a handful of times but I am not an early morning hiker like at all I would fall down and hurt myself and like just like it would screw up my whole day like after a hike I just want to go home and like that's the it you know that's the end of my day (laughs) that's your day yeah yeah and that was like how she started her freaking day was on Cocoa Head so (laughs) That was the time that she would do Coco Head was 5.30 in the morning. It was like 5.32 she passed. I think my dad tweeted 5.36, but Five, he was like yeah. four minutes off. Yeah. But yeah, it was like 5.30 in the morning and that was her Coco Head time. So yeah, it was very fitting. And yeah. she's very missed. And hearing people's stories of like how affected they are by her passing, it's like comforting and also it hurts at the same time. Like it's this very strange emotion, you know what I mean? And there's been a lot of loss. So yeah, it's just like, what do you do with that? How do you move on and move forward? And I think of Beth all the time, um, like these Maui wildfires and everything that's going on. Yesterday, I posted the number of someone like the guy who is in charge of putting on the emergency sirens, because Beth was in my head, like that was something she would do, like post his phone number, get people up there calling. So she yeah. definitely like I hear her voice all the time. So yeah. <laughs> It's almost when, and it just, when you lose somebody, just, it hits home for a lot of people. And we didn't even like know her, like, but we knew her, you know what I mean? So like it, like it, I don't know. It felt, it felt like, um, like I've never, I haven't experienced anybody dying in my family yet. And that was Mm -hmm. like the closest I had ever felt like that to somebody. Yeah. Um, I don't want to feel that way again. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I lost my sister so I experienced the death of my sister when I was 18 so I had that huge loss this is going to be a super downer podcast we need to really bring it up here flipping around but yeah like that loss it kind of puts you in a fog for a while and you just kind of like like the world looks different like it's a different color someone once described it to me like beach glass like when it first hits the ground it's like very sharp and it cuts you and then over time, like the edges grow softer and you're able to hold it in your hand. But when you look through it, the world always looks different. And isn't that poetic? Like so oh. beautiful. But that's really what like losing someone close to you is. And since then, like 
when Beth passed away two years later, my best friend, Sandy, who was actually at the house when Beth went to the hospital, coincidentally, she was in her fifties, but she was my best friend and she passed away from ovarian cancer. So like I've had kind of a lot, which just makes you appreciate more actually. Like you can go one way or the other, like you can go into grief and alcoholism and you can do, you know, like numb yourself to all this pain and think that you deserve it. Or you can like really realize that we're here for a short amount of time. Um, yolo like literally (laughs) yolo every day yolo yeah everybody go to vegas as soon as you can do it yeah and just do what makes you happy and like i there's so many plants on this earth like plants and insects and like they all have a specific person purpose and i think that people are the same like we all have a specific purpose on this earth and that's just what we're trying to do you know we're just trying to figure it out i'm here for that No, for sure. So speaking of anniversaries, I want to talk about your book that turned 10 in May, Walking on Eggshells, Discovering Strength and Courage Amid Chaos. Mm -hmm. For anyone who's unaware, could you give us a little rundown of why you wrote the book, what it's about, um, and what it means to you? Yeah, so um, I wrote the book initially because I was a teen mom. I was, I think, 22 or 23 when I wrote the book. And um Kim Kardashian and like there was like all these really strong influences for young women at the time and I really wanted to like put myself in that space as someone who at the time I was like super religious and I was you know like not messing up but I had messed up before and I felt like when a lot of people go through things especially in pop culture and especially in celebrity world we don't often talk about like how you got out of it like we see Demi Lovato and like we know that all this bad stuff and now we see her on top but that like that part in between where they like built themselves up it's kind of like unspoken about you know what I mean yeah so I wanted to talk about that I wanted to talk about like recovery and teen parenthood and the things that I went through in my childhood um I really felt like there was no future for me. Like I was a teen mom. I was poor. I was living in Alaska with my mom. Like I had no future and no hope. And I kind of just changed my mindset and stepped into my power and like used a hundred percent intention to get my goals. And I wanted to give people an opportunity to see what that looked like, like Raleigh, like from every mess up in my life to how I recovered from that. And like what that meant to me later on yeah yeah that's so cool because you're so right about like Hollywood being like the land of results like everybody always got from like you see everybody on the talk shows talking about oh this terrible experience they had but here I am now so it's like yeah have a book about like the process instead of like you know I'm a teen mom and here's here's how I am now it's like but that's where I came from that's a I think that's a really cool angle because the people that you mentioned we know what they went through but we don't really they and some people are like you think about like Britney Spears or like you mentioned Demi Lovato that are like going through it and we don't really know what they're going through. And someday they're just going to come out and we're going to see the result and maybe not ever know what they went through. So I think that's yeah, a cool and message. we idolized them and we followed them off a cliff and then yeah. we didn't have PR teams and rehabs and all these things to fix us and so we're like still at the bottom of the cliff and they're like we're better guys and we're like wait what like <laughs> yeah. we were just drinking and partying like Kesha what's up like what yeah. do you mean you know well, you know like we've seen you know, on tv on reality tv and we see this you know I don't want to say like persona but you know mm-hmm. what you have that's on screen 
And then to see, you know, what's going on behind the scenes and to see that you are struggling with the same stuff that all of us struggle with mm-hmm. is extremely refreshing to see. Yeah. And for some people, I think it kind of takes away the mystery. Like, I think some people are afraid to like be raw because you are a celebrity and we have to hold back this sort of like mysterious and like also like there's algorithms and all these things like I posted something once that said break the algorithm and I posted like my house dirty and I got like shadow banned on Instagram what really I swear because like influencers like it's just not what people want to see like they want to see your perfect house and they want and I'm like not about that like I don't live in abundance. I'm not like buying Louis Vuittons and like all that kind of shit. Like it's just like a dead cow with a stamp on it. Like calm down, you know. Mm-hmm. But I get that some people want to live in that lifestyle and like like do you? You know what I mean? Absolutely no judgment. Yeah. I just feel like it's so in our faces and it's it's refreshing to see like one of my favorite people. You guys might be too young, but do you know who juggling Jen- the Jenkins is? Tiffany Jenkins. I don't, Abby D. Oh my gosh, she's fabulous. (laughs) She is fabulous. Go look her up after this. But she's just Mm -hmm. like real life. And I love it. I just love her, the content she puts out. It's just real life stuff. Messy house, dirty kids, whatever's going on in her life. And if she doesn't want to talk or share about something, she'll say like, I'm not talking or sharing about this. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not all this shroud of mystery. And I just think that's refreshing. And that's how we live, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think so, that's because yeah. that, that that point of view became more popular. I feel like in the pandemic <laughs> of like other people wanted to see other people's real lives versus like mm-hmm. we're gonna watch a reality show and see like the Kardashians going somewhere that we're never gonna go yeah. on a private plane we're never gonna own. Glamorized. And yeah. then yeah, and then all these TikTokers started popping up of like like dads and moms of like here's how I parent during the day and like, right. they get this huge following. And you guys on your show on Dog the Bounty Hunter when you guys started that I feel like. I wouldn't say that you were like the quote unquote normal family. Cause like you guys are like a family of bounty hunters, which mm-hmm. is so awesome, but you were a normal family in comparison to what, what else we were seeing on TV or, or Hollywood or whatever. Um, yeah. And it was, it was cool to see that side of like, this is a, this is a family that isn't, you know, you guys aren't, like you said, going out and buying a bunch of designer bags and private planes. Like you were, you were, this is your family business and this is how you live yeah. your lives. Um, yeah. and it was, it was a long ride for you guys. And it, a lot of it was in the public eye. Um, we did get a lot of fan questions for you that we will get to, but we also really want to know, like, how is everybody doing, you know, uh, Dwayne Lee and Leland and, and dogs team, Bobby Brown and Sonny. And, and are you guys still close? Is dog still bounty hunting? Give us a little bit of a Chapman family update. Yeah. I mean, God, I know this is probably sad and I don't know if this has really ever been said, but like, the Chapman family is just not anymore. You know, we have all kind of retreated to our own corners of the United States. And I mean, even at Best Funeral, which I think was the last time that like more than two of us were, you know, together at the same time. Um, I know that they just got together recently for my brother, Gary Boys. He graduated from um, Police Academy, which is really awesome. Um, so Cecily and Bonnie were there, but that was the first time they've seen dad, um, since, you know, they went public with their issues. So it's been like really tumultuous. Um, I posted a video a couple months ago, just like, I, I'm the only one left here. Dakota left, who is Leland's son and Leland's ex-wife left, who had one of Leland's daughters. And like, literally me and my daughter are the last one, the last Chapman's here. And since dad's married Francie, he's really gone on this, um, religious tour you know he's really dived into his Christianity and is speaking there and that 
obviously conflicts with the some of my lifestyle so it's put some strain on our relationship but we still talk and we're okay um but yeah like there is no more Chapman family Dwayne Lee and I we were really close and we had a falling out um Leland and I haven't spoken in probably since best service um Cecily and Bonnie and I don't speak so yeah they're really it kind of just really fell apart and that's sad. And yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that. And I don't it's, know if that's been said, but it's very true. Yeah, I was trying to think when yeah. when was the last time you gave like a public in I, I haven't seen you give an interview for a long time. So a lot of this like fan speculation of like, where's the family? And like, why don't we see Lisa in this picture? Or, or where's Dwayne? Why haven't we seen Dwayne Lee in all these years? Like, yeah, we, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. But that's kind of sad to hear that like the Chapman family has I mean, I guess you guys have grown up and maybe grown apart a little bit. Yeah, I do think that Beth was the glue of this family. Like, I know that's crazy to think, especially since her and I had such a tumultuous relationship. She was my wicked stepmother. You know, like, I was like, she was like, you know, my I was Cinderella and she was my wicked stepmother. Of course, I was Cinderella. But, <laughs> um, you know, she really was the one who made sure we all got together. She had this ability to wrangle us like no other. And I don't think we really listen to anyone, especially my dad. Like, no one really takes him very seriously. We're like, okay. But he hasn't really attempted to bring us all together because there is so much strain on so many relationships. And I think he has dealt with grief the way that my dad deals with a lot of things. You know, people who are raised in my dad's generation, they're not, like, emotionally um, literate, I would mm -hmm. say. Like, mm -hmm. I would say they're, like, emotional kindergartners. And they mm -hmm. only have certain ways of dealing with things. And... A lot of ways that my dad deals with things is he just kind of puts them off. You know, he just moves on and he tries to wake up every day and be happy, which I think is not the worst way to live, you know, but it unfortunately kind of leaves some people in your path who have unresolved issues, you know, and we're kind of left to deal with that on our own. And so, yeah, since Beth's passing, it's been really hard. Like I drank a lot after Beth's passing. I know Cecily and I, Cecily did too because we were drinking together you know <laughs> and that relationship went down and everything just kind of fell apart um but yeah it's it's okay I I still hold hope for the future I love all my siblings really dearly and I think if there was like a real emergency where we needed to come together we would but we're not a part of each other's day-to-day -day lives I know that like I know I've seen like Jamie and Cecily. Jamie is Leland's wife. They hang out sometimes. Um, I've seen that online. And But as far as me, I'm just here in the middle of the Pacific, to be specific, hanging out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's that's you're just like you're the last Chapman. You're the last one standing in Hawaii. You're like the last holding one on. Standing. Yeah. Holding on for dear life. Leland owns property on Big Island. I should mention that he does. And he comes back and forth from time to time. And I but love he doesn't live here. I love mm. Oahu and my family has been to Maui quite a bit of times and and it's sad to hear what's going on, which gosh, downer podcast, death, fire, family rip. No, I don't want to like make it so negative. But... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, but we we spoke about this privately, but you know, the fires on Maui and how it devastated Lahaina. And I mean, people are, their lives are lost and the death counts going up and the displacement mm -hmm. and all of that um you know we know that that you've been affected personally and that you've known people that have been involved um what's so what's going on with the whole situation are there any updates with uh the guy that you had posted the phone number of i saw that he resigned because he didn't sound the alarms as he should mm -hmm. as yeah, he, he should. should 
Yeah, and we're really hoping that some heads will roll higher now. Um, I think that a lot of people on Oahu, there's there's kind of a disconnect. Someone posted a video recently and she was like, if you're not here, you don't understand what's going on. So just stop speculating. There's something in Hawaii called a kahea, which is like a call for all. Basically, the kahea has not gone out yet. There have been small individual calls like we need 60 generators or we need. And I've had kaheas from my friend. I had donated a couple items to a girl yesterday. Um, school just started here, college. So she's coming from Maui. She lost everything in her home fire in Lahaina. And like first day of school, like nothing. You know what I mean? Like all of the stuff. And she has to leave her home yeah. you know, that doesn't exist anymore yeah. and just come here. And she's almost lucky that she has somewhere to go. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, there hasn't been like the big major call. Um, there's obviously so much sensitivity because not everyone's family members have been found yet. Um, the The area hasn't been fully searched. We haven't got to mourn. We haven't got to even find our people yet. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's good that there's all of these things going on, but I'm trying to step really lightly because we're not there yet, you know, as far as like telling politicians to step down and organizing protests and all of that. I think we have to find all of our people first and bury them and take care of our families and then turn around and attack these (laughs) politicians, not attack, but you know what I mean? Um, Really get to the bottom of this because it's not okay. It's really not okay. It makes my blood boil. Like I get so angry when I think about the emergency sirens not going off. There was a Kapuna uh, um, retirement center. Kapuna is elderly in Hawaii, a center where they all live. Like it's like a low income center. And some of them were found in their beds. You know, alarms could have sound. Yeah. And school was out that day because the power was out. So there were a lot of children home. And it's just devastating. Like, it's devastating. So um, we're trying to stay strong. The good thing about Hawaii is, like, this is a community of people who have come together so amazingly. Um, When FEMA blocked the roads, they went around to the ocean and they were bringing stuff in, getting stuff directly into hands. There are Google Docs spreadsheets that have people's Venmos and GoFundMe so that the money can go directly to families. You know, just pick a family, adopt a family. That's what a lot of people are saying right now, if you can. And when that call comes out for rebuilding and for time to start rolling heads, you know, we'll all be there. There's a lot of people on Oahu who have a lot of frustration and we're just waiting for the call. Yeah. 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 And I, I I don't know if this is true, but I had heard that because of the the power was out and like there were power lines down on the road that like when people were trying to leave in their cars, like a lot of the cars were stopped and they were like turned around and they weren't letting people leave because of the power lines, which like, how do you just turn them around? Like, yeah, I mean, I've heard that. And I've also heard that certain people were turned the correct way by, Mm. um, so I've heard conflicting stories I've heard stories not conflicting but I think it just depends on your personal experience um because the other day I heard a story of a woman who was going out one way and a police officer or a fire you know personnel turned her around and sent her the correct way Mm. and then I've heard stories where they were turning people back into Lahaina and people were coming out and screaming no no turn around so I think uh, the most important thing here is that there was no direction there was no emergency emergency personnel great enough to really and and the fire just took over so quick you know we just weren't prepared there just wasn't enough preparedness yeah no i mean like there's no emergency text there's nothing 
Yeah. So when there's a missile warning, uh, that isn't real. And you know, what's so <laughs> funny is when we had that missile warning, I remember thinking, where are the sirens? Like, Mm-hmm. And I went to a Walgreens and everyone was like, don't worry, the sirens didn't go off. If it was real, the sirens wouldn't have went off. You know, like we depend on these sirens and it's just like so frustrating. If he would have come out and said like, yes, it's a mistake. We didn't do this. Um, Hawaii would have looked very differently upon these people. You know, like we understand mistakes. Like you gave us a missile warning. We all thought we were dying for 15 yeah. minutes. Like, yeah, trust me, it's that. okay to <laughs> say you made a mistake, you know? Yeah. So it's frustrating. I, I guess, how do you even go back in and, and they have to rebuild and, and how do you go back in and, 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 and rebuild and, and people are like sneaky developers are trying to come in and buy up the land for cheap. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's even the aftermath is, is yeah. devastating, but yeah. Um, let's, let's turn to something a little Brighten more positive. <laughs> yeah. Abby, you want to, you want to take it in a little bit of a more positive direction? Yes, of course. <laughs> so you became the youngest licensed bail bondsman in Hawaii at the age of 18. Do you ever miss doing it? Um, I miss the people, honestly, like those are my people. <laughs> and like, I've been thrown into like this high class world and this high class society and like I miss my people like I'm like ghetto and like a little bit trailer super white like I miss <laughs> my people you know um I do um I just miss there's this camaraderie that you don't really get in like high society you know what I mean like it's very judgmental and it's very different um I miss just like being able to have my guard down around people and just talk however I wanted with my clients like I ran a red light therapy studio in Hawaii Kai which is a super fancy um, mm-hmm. neighborhood and, had a, and like you know had to be prim and proper every day versus in the bail office I can swear and spit <laughs> and you know talk about your mama and like, <laughs> yeah so I miss like that part of the work I don't miss getting up at midnight and bailing someone out just for them to not go to court two weeks later after they would have sold me their freaking children on the night they want to get out of jail, you know, and I get out of bed. But then when I need you to come fill out paperwork, you're nowhere to be found. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that pisses me off. There are certain things about it that I like. I never liked bounty hunting. I hated it. I am not an adrenaline junkie. I like my very calm. I will never jump out of a plane or do anything nuts like that. Like, and it was very, very, um, like it gave me an anxiety issue, you know, your heart is pounding so hard right before you hit a house, right before these things happen. You know, there are guns and drugs and like, it's just pure adrenaline. It's scary. And I think that's, yeah, it's, it's freaking scary. And I, my brothers loved it. Like, every second of it, they still do it. You know what I mean? Like, they're like about that life. And I just never was. There's an episode where I'm like, I don't want to do this. You know, <laughs> and my dad's like, do you want to eat? And I'm like, dad, we just had lunch. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like this he's is like, the family no. business. He's like, in the future, do you want to eat? I'm like, of course right. I want to eat that. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that 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 makes sense. Like I yeah. in my head, I I'm an adrenaline junkie, but then like I I like get into any sort of conversation, I'm like, don't say that to me. Like, yeah. I'm searching. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Ab- exactly. Abby, like our friendship, like we have been friends for a very long time. We know each other's anxieties. Mm-hmm. Abby, Abby me- would fall apart. <laughs> yeah. 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 Doing something like that. And yeah. you guys, I don't know if you know this, but I'm five foot one. Like I'm actually like almost five foot one. 
and I'm 100 pounds I am a tiny tiny that's the first thing people say to me when they meet me they're like you're a tiny human I'm like yes I am I'm like borderline small person so yeah like yeah I'm not even yeah how am I even gonna pretend like I'm gonna beat you up you know I'm like get down (laughs) Uh, no I mean that can be yeah frustrating too yeah well just scary like and and I guess that makes sense of you know after Dog the Bounty Hunter ended in 2012 there were more different shows on different networks you know Dog and Beth on the Hunt there was Dogs Most Wanted Mm -hmm. there were specials that we saw on different networks for so many years um but we didn't see you in in anything after Dog the Bounty Hunter so was that why you kind of stepped out of the the public eye and and out of the the family business so to speak because it just really wasn't your thing yeah definitely and the relationship like my parents had this manager and he was a total jerk and he we we like had to pay him out of our anyway um he told me at one point like what are you gonna do after this like you know like you need these people like what are you gonna be like he goes because I was best assistant and he was like all you do is crack pepsis and um you know how are you gonna put that on an application one day and I thought uh oh, <laughs> like he's right. Like I need to do something so that when this is over, I can have something. And I um decided to write my book, and then that was when I decided to open the salon because I wanted something. And by the time Dog and Beth on the Hunt came, like I was working in that shop twelve hours a day. We were open from seven a.m. to seven p.m. I had put in a hundred thousand dollars into this business, like everything that I owned got loans and my business partner at the time. So like I was in it. Like there was no go off for six weeks in film. And and honestly, I'm not even sure if I was asked to be on the show. Um it was just assumed that I wasn't going to be. Oh, I've really? always been like the black sheep of our family. I don't know if you got that from Dog the Bounty Hunter, but if you notice like I go through getting arrested I go through giving birth I go through getting married and like my brothers were having affairs and leaving their wives and dad and Beth fought constantly and like none of that was shown but like my life was completely exploited at every right hand turn you know and not Mm -hmm. to say that it was just like I was just like exploitable and expendable and that's just kind of how it's always been in my family I've always been like the black sheep the rainbow sheep now that's interesting. That's yeah. That's interesting that you say that because it was I, like like recalling just like so, you, you did so many episodes. You came in a little bit. I I don't think you were in like the first season. I think you came in a little bit after second season. Yeah, second season. It. First episode is when I came in. So you yeah. were you were you were there pretty much yeah. from the beginning. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. Looking back at a lot of um, it was very cut and dry every week. There were cases and. It was Beth and Dog and Leland and Dwayne Lee, and they would go on, and then you'd be there, but then they would also use you on the side for, like, maybe if the case that week didn't get enough drama, it'd be right. like, oh, no, well, you no. know, let's talk about Lisa's Lisa arrest. will do it. Yeah. Lisa will do it, yeah. Well, um, I just recently watched the episode with your, your wedding, mm-hmm. and just how they just tried to make it just a big deal, like a fight between your your dad and you with a, he wants to go on the bounty. And then you have this important milestone in your life. That's, you know, about to happen yeah. at the moment. And they just completely exploited that. So I yeah, wanted, I want to throw that in there. Cause I thought that it, was insane. It's so funny because the wedding was like just another thing to show up for, for filming. Like yeah. we had, we had our cases, right? So we would do like our cases and then we would try to like 
not not like make a theme but like it would be around Thanksgiving or so we would film Thanksgiving and like we knew we were coming to film so that was kind of what the wedding was like I didn't invite anyone my husband at the time he had some friends there but like there was I had no one like if you look at my bridesmaids it's like Cecily and then Travis's girlfriend like I had no friends I had no and that, that was just kind of the way it was through the show it was like showing up to film things you know what I mean like I worked as best assistant from I got the kids up and ready for school Gary Bonnie Travis Cecily like all of them and I would take them to school and then I would come home and I would be best assistant we were running four businesses we had a bail bonds business we had dog corp you know Mm -hmm. she had a t-shirt line we had a t-shirt shop so we were running a lot of businesses simultaneously and then at noon we would start filming and so then I'd get ready to film and then I would shoot all night until we caught the guy. Sometimes we don't catch the guy till midnight, 2 a.m. But Whoa. the kids got to go to school the next morning. Yeah. So Lisa's up and doing it. So I was working my ass off and I was getting paid like $1,000 for the assistant job a week and I was getting 1500 per episode. So I was making and like in comparison, like my brothers were making like 15, 17 grand per episode. Like they were making what? Yeah. I was making like a very small percentage to everyone else. I didn't get bonuses for having a baby or for getting married or like, like the wedding was the bone was (laughs) the thing that you got. And they put that on my taxes. So like everything that happened for the wedding went on my taxes, like, like the venue and all that they counted that as income for me so I had these huge tax bills at the end of the year that did not reflect what I actually got that's mm-hmm. insane that makes my blood boil hearing you yeah so when you had talked about the Bethany I can't say is it yeah Franklin Bethany Frankel yeah, but yeah, I wanted Frankel. to ask you about that this this whole loss well she's oh, like it's allegedly her that like she drafted this legal letter with this army of reality stars behind her to go after NBC and Bravo and E for, you know, exploitation and residuals and sexual harassment and violence and not letting people out of their shows and and not being paid properly and all this. And I was so excited to ask you, and I want to ask you, does that resonate with you? It sounds like you had some of those experiences. 100%. And I watch these shows. Okay. So I don't watch Real Housewives. I did a long time ago, but I love the boat show. I call it the boat show down under. Oh, below deck? <laughs> below below deck. deck, down under. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I love that show. I also, like, I took the VPR um, accelerated course and I watched 10 seasons in a very short amount of time, like back to back to back to back. Like, I just consume that. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of things that really give me concern for sure. A hundred percent. The Raquel situation, Rachel situation, everything. But yeah, like the drinking, (laughs) the drinking that occurs on these things. And you can tell like these people are clearly inebriated, especially on down under, like sometimes like it's getting wild, you know? And like, obviously this is what other job do you know of that you go to work get messed up and they film you and that's like encouraged you know it's just it is mind-blowing so I have a little bit of an experience where I was filming once for Dog the Bounty Hunter it was actually for um 
it was for the cancer um the fight against cancer best oh, fight against the, cancer show the, that was yeah that was like 2017 that was when she so had that was an a and e special that was mm-hmm. an a and e special so that was the first time a and e actually brought us back since dog the bounty hunter so yeah. dog and beth on the hunt was with cmt and like we had our relationship with a and e over all these years so um when we did that special like I got burned in the end, but I had no idea. So they filmed me at my shop. Like they filmed all these scenes to, to butt up the fact why I couldn't go join Beth in, um, for her surgery. And so they, they like pretended to film all this stuff with me and tell me like, we're going to show you working so that you'll have an excuse why you weren't there, blah, blah, blah. And like, none of it happened. And I got completely burned in that show. And at one point we were filming for it and, it was Super Bowl, and Beth requested that I not drink. And one of the producers was like setting up shots for me in the ba- in the bathroom, and I was like, "Fuck yes!" Like, <laughs> and I go in there, and there's like a Patron shot, and I look up and I see a tiny little hidden camera, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" They were trying to like legit set me up to get drunk to be a mess, which I ended up to be doing. in trouble, so that you and Beth yeah. would fight. Which I ended up doing and did all of that. And at, I think I went and took the shot in the back. Like, I was like, I'm not going to do it in front of the camera. <laughs> but um, I actually threatened to pull my whole self from that show. They would have not been able to put it on because I was so ingrained and ingratiated and everything. Um, I actually threatened to pull my release. I was like, if you put anything from that night in, I will completely pull my release. And so they had to pull it out. Whoa. Yeah. So we did. So we didn't see like a lot of that. That like they had set you up, and they did. They, they actually cut it. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. I've always wondered over the years with all the different iterations and resurrections and reboots of all the different shows that they do. Like Dog the Bounty Hunter was so successful. Why wouldn't A and E? Like we're in the age of reboots and revamps. Like why wouldn't A and E just bring back Dog the Bounty Hunter? Because that would yeah. get crazy ratings. Because your your fans are so dedicated. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of what we've heard whether or not it's from Bethany Frankel or just this reality TV, this legal letter that was sent threatening mm-hmm. the lawsuit. If you know, it's, it's coming after the SAG strike. It sounds like it it's across networks, plural, like the same type of behaviors happening behind yeah. the scenes. We it were at the toxic. very beginning, the very beginning of reality TV. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. think the only people that were on were like Nick and Jessica, Nick yeah. and Jessica Newly Simpson, Woods. they had a reality the Hills, show. And I think probably, like Deadly Catch. Um, we were on with like this family of mort- morticians. They were so awesome. I miss them. Growing up, Gotti was on the same time as us. Um, like all of those, Billy the Exterminator. Like we were this really weird reality TV. They would bring us together for this thing called Upfronts. And it was like, um, uh, we had Robbie Knievel, who is Evil Knievel's son. Like, dude, it was a good time. Like, we were this dysfunctional bunch of weird O's. Who, and I think they only brought us together twice because we like took over. It was a big deal. <laughs> but um, our show was a documentary series, so it's a lot different than reality series, which is why we were able to like film on streets and not have to blur faces. So I don't know if you guys noticed that. And in one of the lawsuits against us. They tried to get that taken away from us, that it wasn't because certain things were set up. So we had very strict rules on what we could, quote unquote, set up. Like the most that we could do was do voiceovers. So like um, every now and then I'd have to get into like something I was wearing in a show and be like, explain what happened. You know what I mean? Like, oh, dad mm-hmm. did this. And, mom. and then they would just put in like a 30 second clip. But as far as like, 
like the guy is running you can't tell him like run again we didn't get it you know what I mean like there was no way of setting up a lot of that actual bounty hunting stuff like it was 100% authentic and a lot of the reactions interactions between our family were 100% authentic that you saw the thing is there was so much more you didn't see you know what I mean like there everything you saw was real but there was so much more that went on to a situation you just got to see a little bit of it I want to make sense I want dog the bounty hunter Lisa's version I want like the uncut (laughs) like I want all the footage dude we'll just watch every episode together me and you every night we can get in our jammies and FaceTime and then I'll just be like tell you what happened and be like okay so what happened here that's what I do with my daughter wait you should (laughs) do that with the whole the all the rewatch podcasts you should do a dog the bounty hunter rewatch let's do that oh my god you know how fun that would be to like I honestly like because I, Abby told me when we first became friends, I was like, you're going to think I'm such a weirdo. And I'm going to show, I just have to show you. I'm like such a nerd. I, I have like the family album. Aww. It's signed. I have, let me show you. I have a, um, my, my Nana got this for me because she mm-hmm. introduced me to the show. And like, t- like we would go over to her house. Like when I was like mm-hmm. five and she'd mm-hmm. have dog, the bounty hunter on and be like, that's like probably not appropriate for like a five-year-old to watch, but I have Beth. I have a picture of Beth that's signed and this little autograph collection I have. And I grew up watching. I probably mailed that out just so you know. That was if you fingerprint it. I was the one who would like stuff the envelopes for the fan mail for a long time. I did. And people would send we were so dumb. We were like, send five dollars and and a self-addressed stamped envelope or something. We were like put in money and like so every day we would go to the mailboxes. You don't understand how much mail we had. Like the post office hated us. And I think it's still like the fan mail is it's it's a legend. Tell what what how, where did you discover were like, you sunburned? I, like in a yeah. hotel room? I, I was in Mexico one summer when I was about like 10 or 11 years old and I was sunburned to the point where I couldn't even leave the bed. <laughs> the only thing I did is I watched Dog the Bounty Hunter with my dad on like repeat. And ever since then, I loved it. So for him to be like, it's so niche and don't be like, don't make fun of me. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm on the same boat as you. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> It's we funny, have... you either, like, hate it or you're, like, obsessed. Like, there is no, oh. like, middle ground of fandom mm-hmm. on Dog the Bounty Hunter. Like, you're either obsessed or you don't like it. No, <laughs> yeah. We we have our two now that we, like, every time we get together, because she's at college and, and so we don't live, like, right next door to each other anymore. But every time we get together, we have, like, our little Beth-isms. Like, just mm-hmm. inside jokes of, like, when she would be on the phone yelling at somebody, she'd be like, McDonald's! 10 minutes we just we just like say that to each other and like everybody thinks we're crazy and but we know what we're talking about it's a Beth yeah definitely yeah. like I'll see you in court or something like that and it's the it's the funniest thing ever so it's it's oh my god it's such a big part of our the serotonin yeah. boost of Beth just like I say yelling at somebody every day every single day I say something she used to say like when she was ready to go she'd say I'm ready to go like that and I say that like every day I'm like I'm ready to go you know, oh, and she would I say, okay, back to me. <laughs> back to me. Yeah. Okay, back to me. And she'd do that little flip with her hand. Yeah. Well, oh. back to you. Back to you. Yeah. If, if you if you could envision the Chapmans not as bounty hunters, and, and the Chapman family was not a family of bounty hunters, what would the family business be? Honestly, if my dad had his way, we'd probably be like a band, like Selena. <laughs> honestly like that's probably his second favorite thing was that like or like some weird fight club 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He really he would make us like I feel like we watched Selena so many times and he would like the part where the dad is gathering everyone to like learn their instruments, like he'd be like, I want all you guys to learn instruments and I want a beer. He wants a okay, family dad. band. Oh my goodness. Yeah. the oh family band. Goodness. The man has like 14 children. Someone make him a band already. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's what he, he like, deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give him a band. God. Come on, guys. Come on. We wanted to ask you, though, that now that you're out of bounty hunting, you've become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And Abby, tell her what I, I want to know. Okay. So, your casual clothing brand, Baby by Lisa Chapman. Mm-hmm. I want to know how did it start? Also, it's just. I was scrolling through all of the clothes. They look beautiful, by the way. All the day. She did it all day. I'm literally, mm-hmm. I'm going to go purchase that immediately. All I've heard about is this cotton candy. What is it, Abby? This set that she wants. This cotton candy. I just keep hearing cotton candy. And I'm oh. like, at some point, I'm yeah. going to have to I will send up. you one, Abby. Just send no, me your address no. and I'll ship you one. Oh, my God. No, you don't. I, li- I would purchase it. No. Stop it. <laughs> but I want to know, how did you enter, like, clothing and how did that kind of start and how's that experience been for you um it's been really awesome and also really awful at the same time um you know I started my business in November of 2019 um which was just before the pandemic and I was contacted by someone who is in the industry and is an expert in the industry and really wanted to collaborate with me and we um, we actually had like a friendship for a couple years before, before we even came, like he was in his business and we were friends. And then he was like, whoa, we should do something together. You know, it was like this light bulb idea moment. And it was really good. Like through the pandemic, it was jamming and it was doing really good. And then in 2021, late 2021, early 2022, a lot of my printers went under business or, on, you know, out of business or they had a lot of problems. I think that a lot of businesses were carried through PPP loans through 2021. And then in 2022, we took like a real dip and I almost stopped it. You know, I was like, I'm not sure if it's going to pick back up. Um, when I started it, like celebrities really didn't have a lot of lines. And it's almost like every time you turn on your phone now, someone's trying to sell you something yeah. as far as a celebrity, like, like, I don't know a celebrity who doesn't have a line of something anymore. Um, so that kind of sucks because I was at the forefront of that. Yeah, you were like, I <laughs> you know? started that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kim Kardashian, I feel like Kim Kardashian really like, she's like, Monetized, say what you want. Started but the monetization. She's, oh, yeah. She's a bank. Like the girl's just walking money. Like everything she does is just money, money, money. You know, she can't, I'm sure she just waves her arm and money falls out of it. Literally. Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, she was, it, every celebrity tries to sell things and it's really hard in that space right now. So you have to have quality. You have to have a good, I have really affordable prices. I'm not trying to charge like hundreds of dollars for things and you have to have really good customer service. So it's hard to run a business. And during the pandemic, like our customer service took a hit for a while because we were losing people having a hard time keeping up and then we get fan calls you know what I mean so it's hard to distinguish between things we had this crazy guy who would was from Canada Canada I think I a stalker you finally made it if you have a stalker kind of I've had a few stalkers but he like would put in these orders and then we got a call that he was like mentally disabled and to not send the orders and refund this guy and then he would put in more and more orders and it was like 
so crazy and like to the point where you're like I don't want to do this anymore you know (laughs) so we took a break and we just picked it back up and it's actually doing really really well and um I'm not a person who needs a lot of things so for me like having a roof over my head I grew up really really poor so having a roof over my head having food in my stomach um those are like privileges for me you know so I don't need a lot of money to survive. I am not rich by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we, my, I live on my wife's property, so I'm really lucky about that. But mm-hmm. I don't need a lot. So I'm not in this place of the American mindset of like consume and make money and, you know, do all of that. It's more about like happiness to me than, yeah, it's making a, a lot of it. money at something. And also yeah. enough to like pay for your car and pay for your food and live. <laughs> yeah. so it's really great. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, wage. sorry, what'd you say, Abby? I just need a living wage. <laughs> you just need a living wage. Yeah. I'm but waiting no, for the I, men's. Do you have a men's yet? I need we a We did. Ba- we did men's for a while and we stopped with the men's. So when we took, we had men's and kids through the pandemic. We were jamming. Wow. We were, were jamming. It. Yeah. We were jamming. Like the profits were, it was good. It was, it was a really good business. And then in 2021, 2022, the end of 2021, 22, mm-hmm. it was just, went downhill when we lost our printers and then I think people lost a lot of money too like it was we're dying like I don't know about you guys but it's like I have a 21 year old daughter and like I bought her stuff in Vegas and she was like I think this is the first outfit I bought in like three months and I'm like Abby May and she's like I'm a poor college student mom and I'm like let me (laughs) send you money yeah no I don't buy clothes and I sew like the holes in my leggings when they like come out like Mm -hmm. I yeah it's gotten too much right now (laughs) she takes the bus her boyfriend rather than like call her boyfriend for gas money she's like we have a really good bus system here mom I'm like Abby May like she's just (laughs) yeah very frugal which is good I think that's good especially being raised have have to having to raise kids in this lifestyle you know, because yeah. um, my parents were making a lot of money, a lot of money. I think like there was an article that said 2.3 million a year. You know, they were making a lot of money. So to yeah. kind of like carve out this niche and raise my kids and like, don't fall for that. You yeah. know, <laughs> like this is what real this is real life. That's not real life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I feel yeah. like after Abby's all this time all- of what you Abby's say? are always good. It's the oh, yeah. Abby's. Abby's, Abby's are, are the superior. A hundred percent. I think that might be really true. Thank you for making that connection for me. I think <laughs> no, that's I was, really true. I was going to say that I like after all these years of like seeing you on TV and then like not seeing you for a while, it's nice to hear of like where you're at and like being a mom and like now you have this business and throughout all the different shows and, and, and everything that's gone on with your family and the headlines and everything, your fan base, like the Chapman family fans are like some people obsess over like marvel and for some other people like us it's dog the bounty hunter and like Aww. the lore of all the 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 cast members and and everybody's relationships and everything so we got we got quite a bit of fan questions Let's and we narrowed them down we narrowed them down to the top three abby you want to take them this is what everybody this is what everybody wants to know and it might be a little bit repetitive because everybody is like yeah i feel like okay <laughs> there's one that i like already think i know the answer to and it's will you ever bounty hunt with your dad again and i'm like no Probably not. I mean, I mean, my dad is 70 now. Yeah. So he doesn't. Yeah. I don't know if he's bounty hunting, but like when Brian Laundrie came on the scene and they needed help for that, like a hundred percent, I was there, you know, like if, if something happened where 
there was a big case or my expertise was needed. I don't think my expertise is like getting in the car and like physically hunting someone, but I'm really good on the computer. I'm really good at research. I'm really good. So I do have my place. And I think that um, I would definitely be open to being a part of a team with my family. And we just were doing the laundry case. You know, that was me and dad and Francie through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah I remember that. I do too. Yeah. So number two, um, what is the biggest bounty or catch that you recall having? It doesn't have to be on the show. It could be just something off screen. Do you have any memories like that? The biggest bounty? I mean, we've had a quite a few. I would say like some of the some of the more the ones that stick in my head was like up on the roof. Do you guys know that episode? Mm, that was a good yes. episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw him. So if it wasn't for me, I was the only one else. Does any you guys all realize that, right? I'm outside. That if I wasn't out there, he'd have got away. And I spocked him. So like that was a really good salt guns at him or something the pepper ball guns yeah pepper ball guns what was really funny about that like Leland and Dwayne Lee's dynamic was so addictive like they were the cutest brothers like they played all the time and they fought and they are just like they're freaking adorable and at that scene if you guys go and rewatch it um like they're both hitting the window at the same time and Dwayne Lee tries to go through but he's like too big to yeah, 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 yeah. so like Leon's like pulling him back and they're like fighting over the window I will never forget that and then Bobby Brown like getting a door slammed in his face like that was the most chaotic my dad breaking the glass with the gun like yeah. that was some so good. crazy fun stuff and I was in my favorite place outside in the safety zone you know what I mean like stay me, keep me far away yeah keep me far that, away like, I'll be out here that reminds me of like so many like different episodes I love do you remember when Beth you guys were on that like car lot and she was like yelling at that old man that old man was like you're a nasty woman and like they were yelling and like he called the police and he goes, she's like you, you need an undershirt sir I know. <laughs> What was that? Oh, um, that guy was like old man something, and she was just yelling. Yes. She was like, "You're a nasty man!" Like, yes. oh, Beth. so yeah. many memories like that. that just... I really thought that guy was gonna hit Beth. Leland came over to like save her. She was like, like "Touch like, me," because she yeah, could have taken him down. Have. He would have. That's something I have the ability to like tell now. Is like when a person is truly crazy and will put hands on you, and when not to mess with them. You know, so like I'm like, Good don't mess lesson. with that person. Yeah. yeah. Good life lessons. Yeah. <laughs> And then finally, um, would you ever return to reality TV? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, unless it was like for something really good, like a documentary or something. So you guys may not know this, but I almost had my own show. I was signed what? with Una Murray, who does the Kardashians and they do Paris Hilton's. And um, we were working really close with MTV and I wanted to get into Teen Mom's Homes. Um, this was when I was selling my book. So Dog the Bounty Hunter was still on air. And I was like this close to having my own TV show. And um, there were just a couple of things that didn't work out. I don't know if it was the right time and place for it, but I'm a lesbian, like lesbian, gays are really hot right now, you know, not like hot, but you know, popular and like a where well, is we, she now kind of moment. I think, yeah, I'm like, like, um, if it was really authentic, but something that we didn't have back then is like this massive online presence and the online hate, like 
the comments my goodness um do you do you guys remember middle school when you kind of lived with like an audience in your brain that was like she's doing this and she's doing that your your eyelash is off or your (laughs) one finger no tail is off and everyone can tell your finger my audience never went away I still have the audience. It never went yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. That that's like reality TV. It it made that with me like all the time. And I think so many people have that going on for them. Like if you go to a grocery store sometimes and someone will look at me too long, I'm like, do they know who I am? What do they think? Is it the rest? Is it the like all I think about is the horrible things I've done? Like, did they see me on the news? Like, did they see, you know, it it you're kind of like damped with every bad thing you did because that's what people remember you for like they just hold on to these little snippets that they have and you're not really humanized like I'm a whole complex human like yeah who made a lot of shitty choices and did things and like I was in my 20s and like let's follow you around with a camera all day and see how perfect your life is (laughs) you know yeah you'd be down very nice (laughs) yeah you know what I mean but everyone makes mistakes and I think that sometimes we all make huge life-changing mistakes like that's something that every person has in common and unfortunately if the cameras are filming that it can stick with you for a really long time yeah so I would love the chance to I love connecting with people Um, I like to go online and I like to be authentic and talk to people and I kind of feel like the fans are this entity that has always been by my side so like whatever would be asked upon me and whatever people would want to see I would definitely want to do that but I would hate to be like oh my god why is she on tv and why is she even blah 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 you know what I mean no you guys you guys I feel like you and your family like there's always like everybody wants to see more of you and like to this day anytime we post anything like a clip of beth or or a news story about like your dad just moved to florida or anything comment after comment after comment Mm -hmm. like like more than anybody i ever post about or ever talk about dog the bounty hunter and the chapmans to this day i get more likes and comments everything and there's so many people that are like that are mad that, oh, you know, how did he move on so fast after Beth and he married this new woman and like, is he even still bounty hunting? And like, why aren't, why aren't we seeing, where's Lisa in the family picture? Like everybody is so interested in your lives still that I feel like at some point the Kardashians and all those people will go out of style and the Chapmans will still be around. Some iteration of like a rerun or something like you guys are always welcome in our households at least. Yeah, I would love to do like that Navy SEAL show that they have going right now. Like, can we get a petition or the challenge? Like, I would love yes, to be on the Survivor. Challenge. You could do Survivor. I don't know if I'm too old for the challenge. It might be. Shit. There's like a Celebrities on Mars TV yes. show. Isn't that yeah. what Tom Sandoval did? Yeah, he did. He, oh, he did it. I think he might have, it's like William Shatner is hosting it or something. <laughs> That's an idea. I just want to meet William Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll go home. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would love to do like a physical challenge show. Like, I think that would be super fun. I think that would be a really good time definitely i would totally watch it. i think everybody would watch it yeah i think you need an agent though and i don't have an agent you know i just kind of live on this rock in the middle of the pacific now and i don't really like put myself in the hat anymore yeah. i'm just over here yeah but i love doing stuff like this so thank you guys so much of for course. having me i love it i love being invited on and talking about things and yeah this is my as you can tell i never shut up no hey we're talkers so like when we get when no, we meet another talker it's great yeah yeah 
Yeah. No. Hopefully other people think that too. Yeah, everyone's like, why are they talking? No, there's some people, hey, I get some comments that are like, like, um, we'll, we'll interview somebody and it's like, can you guys just like be quiet and let them speak? Yeah. Like, can you just like quiet down? And I'm like, I, I comment back to everybody and I'm like, no. Like, I, I'm, so, like I'm not one of those people that ignore hate comments. Like I will yeah. literally comment back threads. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I have to ask you because I have to ask every single person that I come into contact with, did you listen to Rachel's podcast with Bethany? Did oh. you listen? See, I haven't listened yet because I, and I don't know about Abby, but we, Abby and I talked about this is like, we started watching Vanderpump Rules when mm. the scandal all happened. Cause like, I always, it was kind of like in my periphery. Cause like, I've always watched reality TV, you guys I and, see. and and all those shows, but like, I never got into Vanderpump Rules. And then this whole uh -huh. thing happened and I was like, okay, like I'll watch it. Um, and I'm trying to, before I listen to any interviews or anything and Abby, I don't know about you, you wanna before I, I want to watch yeah. the show complete Me and I'm, I'm halfway through it. So I haven't listened to it, but I've, I've seen everybody talking about it Yeah, and everybody calling it really thirsty and it's a cash grab. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think, um, I think, I mean, she has a lot of work to do on herself, I think. And I think she called that out, but I mean, she's not the first person in the world to have an affair. Um, I had an affair. <laughs> Sorry. I did though. I had a gay affair. I had a lesbian affair. Okay. Like way more scandalous. <laughs> it happens. Like it happens so much. And I think like she really got vilified, but we can talk about that after when you catch up. I think we're going to have to have a, a catch up episode because we could dedicate a whole hour. I would sit here and talk about VPR. Oh like God. I'm obsessed. I went to the restaurant you don't know what this means yet, but I went to the restaurant in Vegas and I was served by Oliver. And I wanted to go there. I saw it. It was closed. And when I was in California, when I went in 2020, pump and everything was closed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go and just be like, I want to take a picture in front of this because it's like insane. And it was all closed. So I went to Vegas and then I get home from Vegas and I'm at the part where they're in Vegas. And I didn't realize that I got served by someone who was like a major player on the show. So I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I have no idea. After the I know. Fact. I know. Oliver, if you're listening to this, hi. Abby, <laughs> if, if, if Abby and I went, like we would go sit down and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I recognize that person. I'm going to go ask for a photo. And she would grab me and she'd be like, don't be ridiculous. She'd be like, don't talk. <laughs> Abby would be, Abby would put a stop to me. I would, I would probably cause trouble. And Abby would be like, I love no. when people ask for photos, just so you know, like, oh. I think it's fun. I, I think it's awesome. It happens to me. Not that often. It happened to me a couple of days ago and it was like really cute. I really like it. I'm like, sure. No problem. No matter what I look like. Yeah, oh, we don't mind ask for the picture by doing that you know sometimes yeah. only if they're like mid-bite oh you know? see that's where i'm like yeah. mm, i won't bother if you're eating <laughs> if you have to start the sentence with i hate to be rude but just then just don't yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> like how about then, you just don't be rude <laughs> then you're being rude i think we yeah. need to do like we need to do like a catch-up in like a month and like dedicate yeah. half of the episode to the first episode of dog the bounty hunter and then like the first episode of vanderpump rules 100 percent. it's Let's like it. i live i have the shirt i have i have it all i love vanderpump. <laughs> yeah well thank you for coming on we loved every thank single you guys second for of having it me of course if there's anything you want to plug real quick like where everybody can follow you anything you want to just throw in no i moment. would just say 
please, I like rather than plug anything I have, any of my socials, please, um, Maui Disaster Relief, um, really, really consider donating or, you know, if you can even put an item up for auction, I've seen a lot of people do that. Like if you have like a car or a purse or like anything you want to donate, you know, put it up for auction, see what you can get, pick a family to donate to, try to donate to like the Maui food bank directly. If you're not comfortable donating to people's Venmos or to people's GoFundMes. Um, but like I said, there is a Google docs list out there that has um, a list of everyone who is affected by the fires and just keep us all in your thoughts and prayers. Um, I know that there's like a lot of noise going on right now, but the most important thing is that like lives were lost. We haven't healed from finding our brothers and sisters and children and animals. So like, just be kind with your words and just, you know, have our backs when the, the call comes out. Deal. Thank you. Deal. Well, thank you for stopping by. Now that we're all, um, now that all three of us, you know, the elephant in the room, now that we're all best friends now. Now that we're besties. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see you again. So thank yes. you. Thank you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning into the rumor mill and thank you, baby Lisa, for hanging out with us today. It was awesome. That was bucket list. I can't believe that just happened. Baby Lisa. I mean, I have done a handful of interviews here, but yeah. that one might've been my favorite. That one's a favorite. That one's a favorite. Well, thank you guys. Like Abby said, thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at the rumor mill pod. You can follow us on Twitter at TRM updates. You can follow us on TikTok at the rumor mill. You can subscribe on Instagram at the rumor mill. We're also on threads at the rumor mill. We drop new episodes every Saturday and you can watch us on YouTube or Spotify and you can listen wherever you get your podcast and we will see you next time. Bye guys.